Hi, welcome to the Ellen B. Show. I'm Ellen, your host for this great talk show that informs. No fake information here. If you love old-fashioned conversation about all kinds of people, events, and issues, then you've come to the right place. Join me and my guests as we explore. I'm coming to you from kzsm.org in San Marcos, Texas. KZSM is True Community Radio. My show airs on Thursdays from 7 to 8, and my encore is on Mondays from 8 to 9, all on kzsm.org. If you want, you can also follow me on Facebook and just type in Ellen Braverman or follow me on Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash The Ellen B Show. Okay, so before I introduce my next guest, I'm going to read my disclaimer so I don't cause any trouble for KZSM my guests, or myself. So here goes. The opinions expressed on this show are those of its hosts and guests, and not of the opinions of KZSM or its governing body, SMTXCRA. I've got a really good show, as usual. I think we're going to laugh a lot. Um, my uh, guest for today's show is Rebecca Dahl. That's right, it's D-O-L-L. I'm going to ask her about her name. Who is a DJ of her own show called the Rainbow Flower Power Hour. It's a two-hour show that features music of the 60s. She's on Tuesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. And her encore is Wednesdays from 12 to 2. We've had some um, conversation warm-up, I guess. And she's funny. So help me welcome Rebecca to the Ellen B. Show. Welcome. Hi, Ellen. Thanks for having me on today. Okay, before we talk about your show, mm-hmm. um, how about filling my listeners in about yourself? Oh, about myself. So that's kind of wide open. So you can start when you were born, when you grew up. I was born a girl, and I'm still a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) Were you born in Texas? I love being a girl. You love being a girl? I do. And yes, I was born in Texas, Austin, Texas. Wow. And I was raised in Austin, Texas. What year was that? 1963. Oh, so Austin was really different. Oh, very different. Oh, it's such a totally different city now than it was when I was a child. I know. I wish I had known it then. It's an amazing town. It's still an amazing town. It's just like two million people more amazing than it was (laughs) 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 All right. I think I broke your train of thought. (laughs) Okay. So having been raised in Austin, I just became a flower child naturally. It was just kind of part of the culture. Although my parents were somewhat hip, you know, but they kind of formal people, you know, they were more into classical music and things of that nature. But I was very much exposed to the hippie culture through the University of Texas and uh, taking art classes at Laguna Gloria. And, you know, my mother loved to take me to the art museums and different uh, exhibits that were showing around town. And so you just couldn't help but be affected by the, you know, the laid back Austin vibe. I know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so really good. When, so you're an artist now. So when did you show signs of talent? You know, that's so funny. Uh, I think I have always been an artist, but I really didn't allow myself to actually live the life of an artist um, until I, I must have been 43. Mm-hmm. I'd had a very successful career in commercial real estate, but came up against a, one of those situations in life where all the wheels fall off and you, well, I retreated to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I moved away from Austin and I went out to Johnson City. And oh, I, did you? I did. And I like hung out in a little art colony out there and just lived this kind of more than laid back. It's more like slacker lifestyle, you know, <laughs> but sometimes... That's what you need to do to That's heal. Right. You know, it was a pretty catastrophic event of which especially, I won't bore you with. But oh, especially at forty, because we moved to North Carolina when I when I hit forty. Right. So you know, it's a life change. It's a yeah. whole new life. It's like yeah. a, a, a second book, like book two, really happened after that. And uh, in the pursuit of art, I found a more authentic self than the one that was indeed successful. I've always been real with people and honest, right. but I didn't realized there was a much richer and deeper life that I could know escaping the material world and going into the natural world and being a resident of the natural world you know being super close to nature and uh, uh, you know relating to the bird song and enjoying the sun feeling the breeze uh, making art out of anything gathering rocks and shells and hanging out in the river out there and uh-huh. These things fed my soul and really brought me back to life. How long were you there? Uh, let's see. I guess I was in Johnson City for a couple of years. And then I wound up moving to Blanco and then later closer to Wimberley. Okay. So from the Perdinales River Valley to the Blanco River Valley. And uh, those two places are quite different. I find the Perdinales River is more masculine. It runs faster. It's... Uh, mostly like runoff that runs through there some spring water but it's like a fast moving river i've been sitting in there at one time when the water just suddenly rose a foot oh really (laughs) we're like oh my uh (laughs) i better get out (laughs) yeah Yeah, not a cloud in the sky but something's going on somewhere apparently so you've been drawn to water yeah, I love water. Love water. water Which is sunshine. very interesting because Texas is dry. Pretty dry, but you know. Yeah, they but got their if you're water. a flower child, you know where all the best swimming holes are. Whoa! <laughs> okay, where are they? <laughs> and you will hike, <laughs> you will do whatever you have to do to get to them. Oh, yeah. well, there's one in Austin. Yeah, Barton Springs. Yes. Lord knows. I've logged many hours in Barton Springs. I I went swimming one time and I wasn't wearing shoes. Mm -hmm. So I just skidded right on that rock. (laughs) I was right on my ass. I know that there are some slippery things that grow in the waters. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Texas is blessed because, well, I mean, this part of Texas, because we have clear running rivers and streams, you know, most Mm -hmm. places in the country, they're muddy rivers and they're, you know, look more like chocolate milk, but we have these beautiful clear spring-fed rivers to enjoy well texas is full of surprises we went to fort davis which is like five thousand feet up and it was beautiful oh i love that area and now we're going to go to palo duro oh yeah yes i mean that's supposed to be the 
best kept secret. It's supposed to be the Grand Canyon of the of the East. It is amazing. Of Texas. And very rich with history. I have a little story about Palo Duro Canyon, I can oh, tell you. Oh, you do? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I was coming down out of Colorado, and I went through the top part of New Mexico and headed for Palo Duro Canyon. I was planning to spend the night there. Right. And... Uh, because that's something I like to do is just jump in my car with a mattress in the back and go car camping all over the place, just wherever I can drive to, <laughs> whatever I can see. So that's what I was up to on this trip. I went through this incredible storm on my way down there. You know, I was like, wow, okay, that was intense. Never did it occur to me that it was following me after I went through it. So we went into Paladura Canyon, and part of what was on my mind as uh as we drove down into the canyon was the book Nation of the Summer Moon. And it's about the Comanches and how they tormented the Texans and the Texans tormented them and how they finally met their end, you know, because of the Colt revolver, actually. That's really the only thing that was able to beat the Comanches. They were so skilled on horses and with arrows and could hang like monkeys on the necks of their horses and not get shot, but shoot everybody else. So yeah, they they had become a huge nemesis, you know, to the the uh, military in Texas. So I was having read that book, I I just really strongly felt for the Comanches in that final night in Palo Duro Canyon when Mackenzie came in, snuck in down one side of the canyon and just trapped him inside of there. Oh. Yeah, so it's like a total defeat and, you know, pretty much put, and Quanta Parker was taken into custody then, you know, that was Cynthia Parker's, oh no, no, I'm getting it wrong. He got away, but his father, Peta Nakona, was killed that night. So, okay. So yeah, that was, I was thinking, what a horrible thing to have happen, you know, Right. So it was interesting later that night that I was having a night of horrors myself because that storm came in and started to flood the canyon. <gasps> Uh-oh. So, you know, I wasn't resting very well, and I started to pray, and it went something like this. I did not travel all over this country having a wonderful time to drown in muddy waters in Paladura Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> So what happened? It was a little bit of a spiritual temper tantrum. <laughs> Just a little, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the rain stopped. <laughs> it stopped. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so I guess I got what I was praying for. I guess so. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when we travel, we've noticed that it will always rain the night that we're traveling. Really? Uh-huh. That's and it, no matter where we go. It's very interesting. So if you want rain, call <laughs> us up. <laughs> give give us give us gas money and a little incentive and we'll come we'll come out your way, you know. Oh, and I have here's another little clue that should should have clued me in being that I'm so plugged into the natural world, but all right? of these tarantulas were crossing the road as we were going in there. I was like, "What's up with those tarantulas? I went, is it like mating season or something like that?" No. They knew what was going on. And, and they, they were, were getting, getting out. out. <laughs> <laughs> and they were getting... <laughs> you got any more stories? These are good. <laughs> do you tell these stories on your show? Uh, sometimes I do, yeah, yeah. I like to just throw out some thought-compelling things, though, you know, say things that make people think. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> And I know that growing up, you were very uh, disturbed about the Vietnam War. 
I was. I was so disturbed by the Vietnam War. The images that were coming across on the news, and and my mother didn't know whether it was right or wrong to let me watch the news, but the news is what it is. And and we could could trust the news back then, I I think. You know, I'm pretty sure that Walter Cronkite was telling the truth. Truth. And the images were very shocking and disturbing, you know, and even on Time Magazine in the grocery store line, you know, just horrendous pictures of violence. And I was just a child and I knew that wasn't right. And my mother tells me that I turned to her one time after watching the news and said, they need to go back to kindergarten. <laughs> you know? <laughs> in my oh, mind, I like that. In my mind. That's they right. They didn't learn how to share and love one another. Like That's right. To learn in kindergarten. kindergarten, right? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> That's right. They need right. to play together. They do. They you do. Know, to me, that seemed like the... Try and get along together. Exactly. So I guess, you know, as I grew older, I started to realize that there are a lot of rules in this world and that there are some that are good to follow and some are just too stupid to pay credence to and you need to break them. Right. Yeah. Can you think of a rule that you need to break? For example, tying into what I was saying on my show the other night, uh, there are things we're told that just simply aren't true. Like... Yeah. For example, wrap your mind around this. Homosexuality is normal. It's just normal. Oh, right. It's a normal thing. It's happened all through human history, all across the animal kingdom. So what knucklehead started to tell us that people were somehow... Mentally. Yeah, we're all messed up because of something that's perfectly normal. Right. So, but that's not exactly a rule. That's just kind of... uh, Right. Right. Um, I have. I just interviewed a friend who's in a um, same-sex marriage. So, um, in fact, that's going to air on Thursday. Yeah, but I mean, we grew up. I mean, um, you know, my household it was very liberal. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, you know, grow up with that thought in my mind that it was uh, it wasn't right. You know, I grew up with it. You right. know, and I have. I have uh, my best cousin is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was rough in those days, coming out. Oh, to the Very. family, it was just rough. Yeah, yeah. It's it's much easier now, but there was so much stuff. Yeah, baggage, belief baggage, baggage around oh, it. Yes. That, you know, that Especially was... if you were Catholic. And oh, I'm yeah. not Catholic, we're Jewish, so that helped. Well, it that just helped. tears me up that people have committed suicide over these things. And yes. it's just so wrong. Right? It's so wrong. We, we really have to receive and love one another, whether we understand each other or not. It doesn't, understanding is not a requirement right. for love. Right. Love um, just happens. Just happens. Whether yeah. you actually like the person or not. Right. It's still, you still, the love is there. You might not recognize it. Right. But it's, it's like oxygen. It's like the air. It's around. Definitely. It's a necessary gojo for any community endeavor, for sure. That's right. That's (laughs) right. All right. So Sid is uh, waving at me. I've got to take a break. And we'll be back with Rebecca Dahl in a little bit. The 5 O'Clock Friday Show with Tina is coming your way every Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. I have a fabulous mix of old and new music that you love. Stay tuned for my traffic updates as well as my community events of what's going on around this beautiful town of ours. So sit back and relax because I've got your back here on KZSM.org every Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. Stay with me. 
Hi, if you just joined me, you're listening to me, Ellen, on the Ellen B Show, coming to you on KZSM.org in San Marcos, Texas. That's right, Sydney and I are now living in Texas. And it's True Community Radio. My guest with me is Rebecca Dahl, who's a DJ of her own show called The Rainbow Flower Power. It's a two-hour show that features music, plus she has some guests. And she's on Tuesdays from 6 to 8, and her encore is on Wednesdays from 12 to 2. So, um, okay, I am curious, like, um, what schools did you go to and... I think you went to college, right? How did you get involved in commercial uh, real estate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let me go back a little bit. Yeah, I went to go on back. Elementary because we okay. lived in Terrytown, which is kind of a hoity part of town. Yeah. And I felt somewhat tormented there and was really glad to leave Cassis Elementary. <laughs> Some they they bullied you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I had. Uh, as a child, I had a, a rash called eczema, so it oh, made yes. me stand out with this red rash. And yeah, there was a girl who was particularly horrible, and I'm glad I've never seen her since. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so from oh, there, right. from there, my parents built a house out in Southwest Travis County. So I went to school out there. I went to high school at Crockett uh, Porter Junior High. Yeah, I went from there to ACC and on to UT. I instead of finishing my degree, I got an MRS. Had three children. Oh, well, as the world turns, my marriage came to an end, and I was trying to figure out how am I going to raise these three children since I wasn't really prepared to do that on my own. Right. And I knew I'd have to sell something to get what I was worth. So I started selling radio advertising, <laughs> radio oh, airtime. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I came across a friend who said to me, oh my gosh, I used to sell radio airtime. And if I worked half as hard now as I did then, I'd be worth millions. You know, and I, th- I said, well, what do you do? And he said, I sell real estate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So I went in that direction and started residential real estate. But that didn't really work out for me because that's kind of an evenings, weekends kind right, of and job. Right, three kids. Yeah, so I went into commercial. I, I took a job in a commercial real estate office as the uh, executive assistant to the broker of that office. Right. And really learned the business from the bottom up. And that really helped me because uh, as a woman in that business, I really needed to do my homework. You know, I could not come in there and not have my Act my together. game together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because there is only going to be one chance, you know, for it to work. I actually did better in that business than one would have expected because given what, those times, right? And because what was happening was at that time there were many women that were starting their own companies or were rising to the top oh. of their companies. And they didn't really want some man coming in there, mansplaining to them how they needed to handle their real estate. You know, they really wanted to work with women and support other women. And I also started a group called Network of Executive Women, basically, uh-huh. was what it was. And we, what we intended to do was the good old girl system and help each other out. So it really worked to my advantage. I had a very successful career. And, uh, and I, I retired somewhat early when uh, my second marriage to Mr. Dahl <laughs> didn't work out. 
Speaking of Mr. <laughs> of Dahl, so so now, um, how was it being a single mother with three kids? How old were your kids? Uh, let's see. When I when I left my husband, the the youngest was three and the eldest was five. So they were like, oh. I, I mean, uh, no, the eldest was eight. Okay, so, so was... they were like, like five years between the first and the third. Right. And, uh, the first two came right on the heels of each other, and and uh, the last one was a, a surprise. But she was the best mistake I ever made. You know, so <laughs> I never regretted that one. Yeah, it was uh, it was challenging, enormously challenging, and really exhausting to the adrenal system. You know, so so they were in. You had them in um, daycare, and then. Daycare and then public school, and uh, I bought a house out by Lake Travis, so I had uh-huh. them in really good schools. Uh huh. Um, and uh, they they loved it out there. They thrived. So they thrived. you know, at first they didn't understand why I had left their father, and I wasn't going to make it clear for them. I thought they'll figure it out on their own. Right. Which they did. Right. With time, you know, they could see. Cause he, he didn't show up for them either, you know. Right, so, right, right. So um, they figured that out. Yeah, and I, yeah. I figured they could learn that on their own. Right. You know? Yeah, the big mistake I made was um, marrying a guy that I had dated for five years and thought I knew, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know. You would think after five years you would have known him. Uh, yeah, you know. I guess uh, not, huh? Well, certain aspects of him I didn't know. Yes. You know? Uh, so, yeah, the situation actually turned dangerous. And I ended oh, it up. Did. That's part of why I, I left for Johnson City. I was just wanting to disappear, you know, oh. out of, you know, fear for my life, which sounds crazy now. I'm no. not sure if I was ever in that much danger, but right. I, I felt like caution and protection right. for my children was really that's important. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's no joke. It's still going on today. Uh, yeah. Domestic violence. Yeah, it does. And the sad thing about it is that I had tried to get, uh, tried to press charges for these things and that didn't work out. And it it was, didn't. No, it's kind of sad how, how things were. Um, uh, and I hope that's changing. I, I think it is. I think there's going to be more assistance for women that are dealing with struggles. I can say this, that I was traveling through Missouri mm-hmm. and uh, an officer uh, pulled us over and he asked me, he, he asked me if, who I was and was I okay? And was this <laughs> really <laughs> yeah and as i was like well that's good to know that you know if you have a protective order which at least i was able to get that that you know they will know in another state how did how did he why did he stop you uh well actually my friend and i were traveling and she was driving and she was going way too fast i okay. mean way too fast okay and i was like are we in a rush <laughs> 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 you know why are you driving so fast, fast. Right, right. Right. So you got pulled over. So he, so the police officer asked you, yes, if if I, you know, if you're Rebecca Dahl, right? Yes, I'm Rebecca Dahl. And all right, is this the the perpetrator that they were trying to? You know, I'm not going to say his name. Right. Oh, he was in the car. uh, He was not. Because oh. this was another friend that I was traveling with. And okay. So he was just verifying. He was following protocol. Obviously, I wasn't traveling with a man, but, right. you know, he, he was was, had to do that very to good. make sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's... So it's interesting that 
it can go that way. Yeah, it really is. But you know, the thing that happens when something really devastating happens in your life is that uh, the things that are not really relevant just fall away so easily. They mm-hmm. they become irrelevant real fast. It's right. very clear how irrelevant they are. And something more profound emerges in in that place you know like I I don't think I really fully understood who I was although I I had been doing all the soul searching and self-observation taking responsibility for my life and my actions and all that and and felt like I was really conscious but uh, it was adversity that really showed me just how deep I am and how and and maybe even a little bit of a clue about why I'm here you know Uh uh-huh so I, I don't regret any of it. It's all okay. good. And That's I'm left with this fantastic name, Rebecca Dahl, Dahl. <laughs> which I try to live up to. <laughs> I know, because one of my questions was, does anybody, had anybody made fun of your last name? And you said, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's like wide open, you know, Dahl, Dollhouse. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah, you know. you know, the funny thing about this is that uh, my mother, when I was a child, my mother would call me Becca Doll. She'd call you what? Becca Doll. Becca Doll. Becca Doll, like one word, Becca yeah. Doll. And uh, so it was really fun. We laughed, you know, when I when I married. She's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I've always been calling you Becca Doll. <laughs> now are you the only child in your family no I have a sister who's two years younger than me okay now um, my other question is with with your three kids are any of them um, an artist yes yes they are now two of them are artists and one is a, a natural earthy kind of bohemian style artist she paints and she creates herbal tinctures and little um, kind of spell things that she puts in little bottles and stuff very you know sentient and then another daughter is really good at graphic design and commercial art and oh. she just comes up with the best marketing um, and so, yeah, they're really talented. And then the the third one in the middle, she's I would not an artist, but she is um, a healer. She has uh-huh. incredible medical talents and and a, just a genuine capacity for ameliorating a stressful and emergency situation, you know, and knowing what to do. So, oh wow, yeah, she's pretty amazing that way. So, how old are you kids now? Oh, let's see. Uh, my eldest is thirty three. And the middle one's 32, and the youngest oh, is okay. 27. Okay. Yeah, so they're young adults. Do and they, that's great, because we get to be you? friends yeah, now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we get to party together. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. Do they live here in Texas? Uh, yeah, they're all in Texas. Uh, one is in Austin, North Austin, and the other two live in Wimberley. The more artsy ones live in Wimberley, Wimberley. of course. <laughs> All right. Okay, now we're going to talk about your show. Oh, yeah, my show. Your show. Okay, well, how did you... Why a DJ and how did you happen to... Did you know Gene from somewhere or? No, I didn't. I met Gene through volunteering with KZSM. Um, it was actually Erica Dorn that told me that 
this was before KZSM went on the air, and they were looking for DJs and shows to fill in slots that they had on their calendar. Right. And my friend told me about this, and, well, why a DJ? Talking was my best subject in school. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds familiar. (laughs) Mine, too. I couldn't shut up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I just couldn't shut up. That's why I became a teacher. (laughs) Right, right. So I thought about being a teacher, but I thought, I don't think I'd fit in that system. No, I don't think. That's what I set out to to do when I went to UT, but a history teacher, I was thinking. But uh, yeah, so um, I knew I wanted to do a music show with some talk and some prodding, a little bit of, you know, not necessarily political. I don't really like talking about political things, but obviously my my, um, liberal leanings come out in the things that I have to say. Um, and uh, I loved the music of the 60s and the 70s. And the message at that time, which was, hey, let's love one another, you know, get along, get it get together. together. Yeah, um, even more relevant now than it was at the time. If, if yeah. we can even imagine that 50 years later, that it would be so uh, crucial that we finally get that message. And millennials excite me because I think they do get it. I think they were born wired to understand that. And the rest of us have just been trying to tune ourselves up to where they are. <laughs> They're interesting. They're I like interesting. Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. have a They've whole They've got a lot of way. potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They better hurry up, though, because we're getting older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're tired of waiting for that miracle breakthrough. Oh, I thought we had it with Obama. I said, oh, we're in heaven now. We just turned the corner. (laughs) I thought so too, but turned out as we hoped. I I didn't want change in my pocket. I wanted some like real full on change of like a whole new society. Yes, I thought we were. I thought we had like headed, you know, going left. (laughs) Though I mean, not liberal left, but uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's. But I mean, I thought we would just, we just more in the direction of no, liberty instead oh, yeah. of this kind of fascist thing going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I've got, you know, I've got some thoughts about. I mean, I think on one hand, I don't like Trump and I hate his policies, but he is, he is the wake up call for everybody. He sure is, and and, and like um, it or not, he has he has disrupted some systems that needed to be disrupted. And I'm not condoning what he's doing, but I do see the advantage of, well, it could have been done in a more, in a different way. But I think, I think what in my mind, what he did was he got people who were not political to finally take a stand and say, this is it. I'm not taking any more. We've taken a lot Right. throughout the years and mm-hmm. a lot's been underneath the rug mm-hmm. and now it's all out in the open and we're just this right. is it and we've had it omens are that 2020 brings us clear vision and we find the right direction at that point so i have high hopes we've got miracles to look forward to just the the changing face of congress is one thing that encourages me that the right people are hearing the call and stepping forward right. to help us make this change. And a lot of women, because unless women step up, things are not going to change. Yeah, that's They're true. just not. I mean, um, we just heard about the nuns with the church. I mean, I was like, oh, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's another topic. But we've got yeah. a break, <laughs> so we're going to go break. Okay. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, San Martians, read any good books lately? Read any bad books lately? Any books you'll never forget? Any books you want to fling directly into the trash? Whatever you've been reading, or not reading, 
Join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. Okay, if you just joined us, you are listening to me, Ellen, on the Ellen B. Show, coming to you on KZSM.org in San Marcos, Texas, True Community Radio. Uh, My show airs on Thursdays from 7 to 8. My encore is on Mondays from 8 to 9, all on kzsm.org. You can follow me on Facebook. Just type in Ellen Braveman. You can follow me on anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash The Ellen B Show. And you'll find all my shows there, and you can watch whatever you want to watch. And my guest for today is Rebecca Dahl, who's a DJ on her own show called the Rainbow Flower Power Hour, which is a two-hour show that features music, and she does have guests. She's on Tuesdays from 6 to 8, and her encore is on Wednesday from 12 to 2. How did you select your um, the name of your show? I did want to do something rainbow, um, and a friend... Erica right. suggested, how about Rainbow Flower Power Hour? Do you remember the Flower Power Hour <laughs> back, back in the day where they it was broadcasting from San Francisco, that hate and Ashbury scene, and they had oh, the okay. Rainbow Flower no, Power I, Hour, like Janis Joplin was on yes, it. Yes, okay. Like yeah, so uh, it's got it's a long name. It's a long name. But, but uh, that's all right. But yeah, I've gotten it flows used to easily. saying it. Yeah, and yeah, even though it turned into a two-hour show, so I now say it's the double rainbow flower power hour. You You get two for the price of one. That's right, which is great because in one hour, you're just getting going. I'm I'm just getting warmed up in the first hour, so I love that there's a second hour more that I can continue to bring great music and, you know, I I make a a playful call for a peaceful revolution, you know, which I do believe is on, by the way. I really think that it's already happening in our hearts. And I think it helps to have a voice on the radio that's saying, you know, love one another. I, yes. I realize for a lot of people, if uh, if I said, love the whole world, they just get overwhelmed by that. They can't even imagine how they might go about doing that. So instead, I just say, how about find your people and love them? Right. You know, because right. that's the best way to send that right. around the world. Whatever's happening right here where right. we are is sent out right. all around us and affects everything around us. Right. And if the more people do that, the more peaceful. Right. You know, because I've noticed that when I'm with somebody who's agitated, I get, I, I can become agitated. Mm-hmm. But if I am kind of agitated myself and I'm with someone who's really relaxed and calm I've noticed that I do become more calm mm-hmm. yeah you yeah know? and it is contagious if somebody yeah. laughs you'll laugh that's true <laughs> that's right and if somebody's happy yeah it's like you know and I'm I'm pretty organized mm-hmm. so I like to be with people who are unorganized right it's just it's because it relaxes me right you know um yeah it's really so to to bring it to the name again i was just realizing that you know this is really pretty big and i i it'll take me a minute to explain it i am a member of the rainbow family of living light that is a group of conscious individuals who come together in gatherings in the woods praying for peace we have a peace pole have a big circle the oming thing, the, you know, the whole just bit. Like, right. that it's it's very bohemian hippie culture, you know, 
But uh, the credo is to love oneself, be responsible for oneself. That's the that's the right path, you know, is right. to take care of business. You get your job done and help as much with others as you can. But your first obligation is yourself and then your tribe. And these tribes come together to pray for peace. And it's evolved over the years. It started in 1972 when several Vietnam vets we're back from Vietnam, just crushed and broken and hated. That right. that was unfortunately what was happening yeah. at that time. And there have there had been peace protests were going on when they were shipped off. They were still going on, and things were getting worse. Ohio State students getting shot. They said the only way we will have peace is if we go up into the mountains and pray for it. Mm -hmm. And that's what they set out to do. So they put out the call and people came from all around. And so they, did you go? Uh, no, I wasn't even aware of it at the time. Oh. You know, let's see. I What was I? Uh, fifth grade at that oh, point? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was exposed to that hip scene, you know, being in Austin and stuff. Right. But, right. And exposed to this community type of caring. But uh, so anyway, what happened was... They all came together. It's been going on. It happens all over the world now. There are rainbow gatherings everywhere in every country they gather. Uh, here, it's in the National Forest, and so that's public land. Uh -huh. You have a constitutional right to gather peaceably in any public place. Right. And uh, so uh, we do get a little bit of harassment from the law enforcement officers that are so con concerned about the war on drugs and making sure that everybody's good right no drugs i am glad they're there because it, all kinds of people get attracted to this thinking right. it's a big party but really it's a it's a festival for peace it's right. a celebration of unity it's an experiment in tribal anarchy and self-governance mm -hmm. uh, there's no leader Mm -hmm. They're focalizers, people, people, volunteers that come in and say, I'm going to do this, you know, right out in the main meadow. They serve a community dinner there and there are different kitchens that right. send food out to that circle. I'm part of the kitty village kitchen. And what we do is we serve the parents and the children and kind of preserve the child's experience right. in, a, in a nice, safe little village. And uh, we serve three squares a day and that's a lot to put on in the middle of the woods but it can be done how many people come oh it just depends on where it is if it's in california then twenty thousand people will show up you know but if it's in like north carolina about 2500 wow. <laughs> you know? just because the risk is greater you know to go into that kind of country <laughs> yeah, right. you know, yeah, right. i mean they say that the the war on drugs you know is a is a racist war and i do believe that statement but I think it's really a war on the poor because I've noticed that the hippies get harassed every bit as bad as right. as any person of color you know they, right. they can be pretty brutal they've never really been that way with me I I operate as kind of like an ombudsman or you know an ambassador I speak with LEOs I invite them to come have a cup of coffee and I know they'll say no <laughs> and I'm but I can still invite them for so, that coffee. So has there been a gathering in Texas? Uh, Texas is a unique situation. There's not really any national forest, and except for like Big Bend, but there's not really a place there that's appropriate that for a gathering. There's certain things that we need. We need lots of felled wood for our fires. We need springs that we can tap for the water flows that we use in each kitchen. The water crews are amazing. They go in there with uh, irrigation uh pipe and they stretch it out you know miles of it bringing wow. water into the how into often the do they meet 
Uh, this happens once a year, the big gathering, um, the annual, the nationals. I know we all debate about what exactly it is, but, (laughs) (laughs) but then there are lots of regional gatherings that happen in different states and different places. And, uh, we are planning a regional gathering in Texas for those of us that can't go to the national because, you know, some cannot, a lot of rainbows are getting older now too. It's not very easy (laughs) for them to travel or hike so far, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's really a beautiful experience. And it's like we, what all rainbows have in common. Well, anybody with a belly button is welcome. And, you know, you get, you get to the rainbow gathering and people say, welcome home. We call each other brother and sister. Um, it's not religious, but it right. is very spiritual, I would say. Right. Yeah. You know, to whatever level you want it to be. Right. It can be all things to all people. But, yeah, so the rainbow, you know, that way of life, I've always wanted to bring it out into Babylon. That's what we call this world outside. Uh, we call it Babylon, where everything is for sale and nothing is sacred. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, it's great that we gather in the forest and we're praying for peace. And I know that's working to some degree, but this needs to be happening out in right. the world. Right. You can't keep it in, you know, hidden. It needs to be. So that's why... You named your show. Right. And when I sign off my show, I say, you are my favorite color, the rainbow. I love you. And that's, the I think, the right way to treat your humankind. Treat animals kindly, too. I treat bugs kindly. (laughs) I don't kill them. I just escort them out. (laughs) I have some ways to do that. To just escort them out. Right. (laughs) It's like, I won't mess with your territory out there. Don't mess with my territory. Yeah, like, oops, little trespass. Yeah. (laughs) You have to go outside. You got to go outside. (laughs) Stop biting me. I keep getting bitten by these uh, fire ants. Oh, I know, Texas. Oh, no one told me about that. I don't know which is worse in Texas, the Republicans or the bugs. (laughs) 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 Or the allergies. Or the allergies, yeah. The bolds and the pollens and oh. um, so how do you select your uh, your weekly music? Well, I have an extension e- extensive collection at home, and I am always like searching for the thing that I that you haven't want. found. Like there's a there's a group uh, called Ace of Cups. It was an all chick band who opened for Jimi hendrix at one time oh really it's not easy to find their music now you know what happens with girl bands is they have babies and then that kind of whole you know even the dixie chicks had that you know where they tried to tour with their family and it worked to some degree but you know eventually you need to be home right yeah i want to play that for my audience you know did you ever hear of this you know but i also love to just play those things that you haven't heard in years i have people who say oh you took me back to a time that was so happy <laughs> do you have call-in? Do you do call-in? You know, I should, but I have never mastered that phone in the DJ booth. I feel lucky that I've mastered anything of the DJ booth at all. You have to talk about your training. Yeah. Because you came in knowing nothing. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. I was terrified, too. Terrified. But, you know, courage is being terrified and doing it anyway. Yeah, right. I know. So I just... Took the KZSM training. Tina who, who, was really oh, helpful Tina to me. Oh, Tina trained you. Yeah, she also yeah. trained Sid. She was help. Uh, Jean was so helpful. Yeah, Jean to is me. good. Mark was really helpful. 
um, yeah, everybody that I requested uh, was assistance helpful. from was so helpful. And uh, so I feel rather proficient at this point. But I've, I've done just about 100 shows. Wow. Yeah. It surprises so me. So you've been on two years. Yes. I guess we've been on two, two maybe two and a half two years, years now. You ever, th- you ever think you'll run out of music? No. The sky's the limit. It's just absolutely the sky is the limit. And part of what really turns me on about the music of that time, you know, just to right. get into the nuts and bolts of it, that music, in my opinion, was created before commercialization harnessed it and started directing it and and changing the creativity of the mm-hmm. artist, you know, making demands of the artists that were mm-hmm. kind of unnatural for them to do. Maybe disco was like the death of that era or something, you know, it's right. like no, I... something very electric, technical, not quite so human. I love that the music of the genre that I play, there's harmonies, there's actual skill with the instruments, you know, like a lot of these musicians had classical training. And because that was one of the things that used to happen in school, it was normal to get, you know, trained in classical music, how to read music. And, you know, so, yeah, I I just think that, well, I have to say, though, a lot of the indie music of now, I play some of that, too, because that has also found its own liberty and ability to say speak the message of the time speak politically protest and music even just some really amazing music that comes out that's not created by a corporation it's created by the artist i appreciate that Mm -hmm. especially if they have the kind of message that i have of like let's love one another and Mm -hmm. have a peaceful world we can have a peaceful world you know where you can actually be who you are without threat of violence and without somebody taking from you what's not theirs. Or interfering in your life. Or interfering, or pushing some stupid belief on you. Right. You know. That's really not, um, yes. Yeah. Okay, we got to take another break. See you in a bit. There's a grace in wild variety. Tune in to Mixed Bag every Wednesday morning from 10 a.m. to noon for music and conversation as diverse as the San Marcos police blotter. Mixed Bag every Wednesday morning from 10 to noon, only on KZSM.org. Okay, hi, we're back, and I'm um, Ellen, and I'm talking with Rebecca Dahl, a DJ, and she has the show The Rainbow Flower Power Hour, two-hour show that features music of the 60s, and she's on Tuesday from 6 to 8, and Encore is Wednesday from 12 to 2 on KZSM, local, <laughs> local community radio, even though we're kind of worldwide. Yeah, I know, that's are. like mind-boggling, isn't it? It is, but it, the truth of it is that everything local is global. And it's, that's true. You know, Everybody's all mixed up. Rippling outward. Which is what I like. Yeah, I really like the mixing, the mixing of everybody, religious, ethnic, racial, nobody is just one kind anymore. Right. And or there's a few that are still just one kind, but even that's getting less, which is really nice. I like to just watch everybody say, hmm, hmm, what does their mother and father and grandparents look like? Oh, what nationality are they? What religion are they? Oh, boy, they're really pretty. (laughs) 
Uh, I think that way too. <laughs> I love to just watch them and just see all the different ways that nature's putting the new generation together. Right. You know, it's wonderful. Okay, so what's your favorite, to get back to your show, because we keep <laughs> sliding off of that, going into different directions. Um, do you have a favorite songwriter or a singer or a group? I think my, it's hard to say, but I, I think my all-time favorite is Crosby, Steele's Nash & Young. Just played Deja Vu till it nearly broke. <laughs> you know? That's such a great album. Every single song on it, just excellent. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay, um, so future plans for your show? Well, I am cooking up an idea for a show that I wanted. It would actually be two shows. Ooh, and I want to call brave. it. Well, I mean, two Rainbow Flower Power Hours, oh, okay. you know, but this particular idea that I have would be Austin 1972. And the first show, I would interview three men who lived through that delicious time in Austin and all the live music that was taking place, you know. Uh, in 1972. And, in 1972. Yeah, okay. a lot was going on in 72. Okay. And, uh, and then, the second show would be three women that lived through that era. We're in their 20s, you know, and enjoying the live music scene and what was going on in Austin, maybe going to UT at the time too, something like that. But yeah, Austin was a really groovy place back then. So I knew it as a child, but um, my parents belonged to a, a Christian, living Christian community. It was a coffee house. It was like just about 50 paces off of the drag. Right. And so a lot of, uh, oh, bedraggled college students would come in there, you know, sometimes they were on drugs or things like that, but they'd hear the music and they'd see these painted murals on the walls and thought it was kind of psychedelic and they'd stick around for a while, you know. <laughs> so your parents owned the coffee shop? No, they didn't. They were just part of a group of people that was... And I really, that informed my community awareness, re realizing that we can come together and reach out uh, to each other for our own mutual benefit, you know. So I guess I would have called myself a Christian at the time, but now I, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. I would just say I'm christ like or I, I attempt to be right yeah right 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 yeah. so will this be a different show or you'll just no this would be the rainbow flower power hour and you know what i don't really know where the rainbow flower power hour is going to go i've thought about this sometimes like would i like to go into a show where i do more interviews, interviews? Yeah, I'm, i turn out I to be a pretty good interviewer i yeah. really have a good time with that so I've interviewed some interesting people, some some of the guys from the association, you know, and a friend of mine, uh, Samantha Vanderslice, who in uh, 1967, she turned 18. She stuck her thumb out in Philadelphia and hitchhiked all the way to Hate and Ashbury in San Francisco <laughs> oh, <laughs> to she participate did. in the Summer of Love. <laughs> oh, did she? <laughs> and yeah, so on the 50th anniversary of the Summer of Love, you know, I interviewed her and that was really a lot of fun. Such a fun show. I mean, there's so many great people out there to interview you never so know many great know. people to interview yes i've been working on uh shake russell i went to see shake russell recently and it was like yeah that sounds like a, he would love to interview he'd be great for the 1972 austin show too you know it's kind of hard <laughs> to decide there's so many great ones you know well you can just interview a lot of people yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. You know, I think you could even do a show about Austin. And oh, yeah, could, sure. There is so much rich music history and, you know, 
so dynamic. In there. What about future plans for yourself? Are you going to continue with your artwork? And what kind of artwork do you do? Well, currently I'm painting on canvas. And I just recently went back into real estate because I want to support myself (laughs) as an artist, you know. I was doing okay supporting myself, but living very basic, you know. And I thought, I just need to sell something more expensive. So I have more time for this time in the studio because uh, I have some really interesting art which is very um, I don't know if you've seen it Ellen but it's very psychedelic in a lot of ways very colorful very busy a lot of the artwork that you would have seen in the 60s I've I you do. use those kinds of symbols and shapes and colors, very Peter Max looking artwork. So yeah, I really look forward to the The trouble I had was when I started selling my artwork, I couldn't create it. I don't know why those two things are not oh. compatible, but they're not, you know, it's just the art has to flow freely. It does. Yeah. I mean, somebody can commission me to do a piece of artwork. I've done a lot of that. Right. And for some reason that works fine, but right. uh, to to you it's like you're either a business manager or you're an artist but you can't be yeah 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 because sometimes like if I can't sleep I'll just start writing it's like Mm -hmm. three o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. oh yeah I mean it's and 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 other times when I would go through these periods where it would just spontaneously come come into my mind different parts different words different sentences Mm -hmm. and if you are doing it for a living I don't think that that would happen. I'm not sure why, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, it that's just what doesn't. My experience was yeah. So uh, I really enjoy just having so you, fun in the studio. Yeah. So do you do it in your house? Is your studio in your house or? Um, I have an airstream that I have the studio set up in, so it's I've got a bit more room there than I do in the house. In your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's nice. It's also nice to have it in a separate place right so you can just go to it mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah and just kind of tune out the rest of the world you know, yeah just get into it yeah. yeah I also edit my shows out there so it's like a it's a visual audio studio it's also where I put my shows together you know <laughs> yeah, right it's like I know I know I, I remember years ago I went to I took an art class and uh, with this lady in um, Tennessee, and um, it was just free flowing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just trying to get in mm-hmm. tune with your um, your abilities. Mm-hmm. Your te- you know what you can do. And she said to me, "Well, do you have a place where you can go and do your art?" And I said, "You know." So I went home, and that. I had four four bedrooms, and the kids were out of the house. And I said to Sid, "I said." That's it. I'm creating because he had a space, right? You know, right. for all yeah, his um, audio stuff, and I never really thought of a space for me. So I said, okay. So um, now he has a room, and I have a room. Nice, and it's filled with lots of art stuff because I do quilting too. So, oh, yeah. So I need really a bigger room. I keep telling him. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying the garage, but we'll see. Yeah. But anyway, so that's really you know. So how's your um, commercial uh, work coming? Oh, it's coming. You're along selling great. I just went back in January. Yeah, and I'm already cooking up deals. You know, I'm a natural for it. It's 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 not. It's just establishing some new habits. You know, right? Different things. Like I used to never check my email. 
<laughs> Has anybody ever tried to email me? Would know I didn't really check my email. I check my email religiously now. You know? Really, every day. Every day, twice, three times a day at least. Yeah, because it's just necessary. Especially in real estate. Right, right, and uh, I've been learning so many oh I did not have an iPhone when I was in real estate before and I was always wishing for something like that you know but now with the iPhone oh, I'm amazed good. at what I can do from anywhere in the world you know so it's it's liberating I would say it's very liberating so do you sell houses I sell houses yes like houses and uh lots and and I also do a little bit of commercial. I've got some commercial work going on, too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Very busy bee. All right. You'll have to give me your card. I will. <laughs> you never know. Um, so where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Uh, you know, 10 years from now, I would really like to have put together a nonprofit foundation for all the artists in the Blanco River Valley. Oh. To me, there's a huge need for a foundation that supports the artists. And I see kind of a compound that would be a nexus of things. There would be food truck business that would kind of sustain, help sustain the whole thing that would be like, you can either pay or you can volunteer there depending on what your situation is. But I'd like for artists to have, find accommodations and uh, classes, especially for like homeschool children or well, any children nowadays. Right. Nobody's getting the arts. But yeah, I, see, I see we would be teaching art, music, science, even natural sciences, you know, like it would, there'd be a community garden and that would involve ha having, that's natural science right there. Just right. Have, you know, right. But there's a lot of things that people can learn about how to live more in tune with mother earth, you know, that right. involve natural science, things like using baking soda and vinegar, for example, for cleaning instead of harsh chemicals. You just don't need them. They're completely right. unnecessary. Right. And they were right. like leftover from world war two actually. So they just, weapons of mass destruction why would you want that in your environment so in your home i see yeah. like if i would call it the blanco fine arts foundation and and it would basically host the artist and produce shows and i see a gallery museum kind of thing there's already a an endowment of artwork that has been gifted to the foundation of the john hamilton work john hamilton was a, a master painter he would hate it if i called him that he'd say no no i just but he really was a master of the craft and he painted out doors and has like over 600 pieces in his collection. And oh, so wow. That um, would be given to the, the Fine Arts Foundation. So there's it's a big plan and it would take at least 10 years to make this happen. So I hope that I hope to say I'm much closer to that 10 years from now. All right. Well, Sid's holding that final goodbye. <laughs> Chucks. <laughs> it goes by so fast. It does, doesn't it? Right? <laughs> well, it was it was good. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Ellen. You know, it I got fun. to know you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I want to um, thank also my listeners. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to Rebecca and myself. If you want to find out more about KZSM.org, you can go to our website. If you'd like to help KZSM, we could use volunteers and donations. If you want to sponsor the Ellen B Show, you can email me at eb. S-E-P-T at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. Till next week, from my heart to yours, be kind to yourself and to others. Stand up for your beliefs in a firm but non-threatening way. People will get the message. Say yes to love. 
Our universe was created with great love. Till next time. Bye.